Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our show presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. Our guest today, Vanderbilt quarterback Ken Seals. As you know, we had Ken on several times during the season and after the season. Due to my health issues in open heart surgery and recovering from that, we were not able to do those the last couple of months. But happy to have Ken on today. I thought he lent a lot of insight into the program and its progress. So with that, here's our interview with Ken Seals, which we did on Friday. Vanderbilt quarterback Ken Seals joins us. It's been a while, Ken. That's my fault, not your fault. But thank you for joining us today. Hope things are going well. We're doing this on a Friday afternoon. I got to see you guys work out and practice a little bit on Thursday. That was enjoyable to be out there. Thanks for joining us. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, no, it, it has been a while. I've kind of missed it. I, uh, I'm glad to be back doing it, though. So I'm, uh, I'm excited. Same here. Well, let me just start here. How are summer workouts going for you and the team? They're going really well. They um they came in day one and uh Coach Horgan, our strength coach, he um he's been cooking up something nice for us while we were gone in May. So uh they've been getting after us. It's um it's been pretty intense, but I think a lot of the guys really like it. And uh, you know, we're seeing our bodies change and uh, it's summer, so we're enjoying it, but um, it's it's been really good. And I really like all the energy that's around the team right now, too. You had several injuries last year that kept you out of games, hampered your performance, all those things. How's your recovery from those gone? Um, as of right now, I am 100%. So I was still dealing with that uh, really all the way through spring ball. And then it wasn't until the last week before we got to go home that I really felt like I was able to do exactly what I wanted. And so while I was home during May, the month of May, we got off. Um, that's whenever I just like pretty much the way I described it to my dad was I just want to like go off the grid, like throw my phone in the lake, be by myself at home, don't talk to anybody, and then just work out for a month straight. And I think I came pretty close to doing that. And I feel really good about what I've done uh, so far up to this point, and I feel really good about how my body's been able to handle it, and I've had no problems. How do you compare team chemistry, climate, all the things compared to this time a year ago when you're getting used to a new staff and learning those expectations? Yeah, I think a year ago the biggest difference is, like, at least we have now, like, a knowledge of – our expectations of what coach Lee wants from us, the level of effort that he's expecting all of those things. Like while they're still being communicated to us, we kind of know like what's coming. There's not that uneasy, like kind of like hesitant feeling of, I don't know what's coming next. What are we going to do in workouts? Um, and there's a, there's a certain aspect. Like we don't know like what the workout is going to be like just to you know, keep us on our toes. But I think, you know, having an aware of each side of the ball, like we're keeping things pretty similar on defense, what I've heard. Um, and, you know, obviously we're calling the same plays we did last season. And I think, you know, as far as us knowing the systems, knowing our expectations, 
it's allowed us to be a lot more loose and be ourselves really. And so you see a lot more like energy, personality, character starting to show in the team. People start feeling comfortable in our roles and, uh, it's been really cool to see, and it's a cool time for all these young guys, especially. I think we got 30 of them coming in. It's a cool time to to be a young kid in this program and to kind of see it and feel the energy that's around it and be able to get in right now whenever I feel like all of Coach Lee's lessons and everything that he's been putting in us is starting to take off. One thing that I heard was an issue a year ago, Ken. You had one set of expectations under another coaching staff, the ones under this staff, I think, were were greater. Um, and, and I think what you're used to, and especially the longer you've been in a program, so this may not have been as big a challenge for you as it was for other teammates you had, but your experience at college football, if you've only known one college staff, is what it's like under that staff. A new staff comes in, not only your system's different, but expectations are different for workouts and taking your practice reps and off the field stuff and all kinds of things. What I've heard is a team last year had trouble maybe adjusting to some of those standards at times. Is that fair to say? And if so, and I think you probably touched on this earlier, it's got to be easier this time around, just time number two through all this. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And absolutely, I think even Coach Lee would say like, yeah, the adjustment to the new standards was very hard for a lot of guys to get on board with. And I think that's why you saw so many guys that, you know, weren't able to hang around and stick through it. And um, it sucks because a lot of those guys were close friends of mine. Um, a lot of them I still talk to. But, um, you know, it was just it was a new type of football we were trying to play. It wasn't uh, individuals. And don't get me wrong, like, the Derek Mason program that I inherited was obviously coming off of a really bad year in 2019. Um, you had all of the like toxic locker room stuff going on with like the big three or so I've heard I wasn't there. Um, and then also playing a season through COVID and then all the drama that happened with uh, the kicking situation and all the attention that brought on to us. You know, I don't know if, what I was witnessing for the Coach Mason uh, era of Vanderbilt football was, you know, obviously what the previous six years had been like. And, uh, well, in fact, I know it wasn't like that because they had some pretty good teams while he was here. But I do know that the adjustment, at least for me and guys that had been there longer than I had, uh, was pretty, pretty major. And I think, you know, that might be a criticism, but I think that's what we needed. And I think so far it's been holding on very well to the guys that have stuck around and have embraced it. Um, and so where I see this team going as far as like taking those core values that we've established is strengthening them and then passing them along to these next kids that are coming up. And hopefully they take it just like we are and it just becomes who we are. It's not like taking any effort to try and uphold or instill it's just kind of how we do things and that's coach lee's goal and a year later now that he's uh, had his time to put these goals in and these values and establish them uh, i feel like we're already taking big steps towards reaching that level what's your summer been like i imagine you're enrolled in summer school how's that all going yeah so after uh, after the spring i took a class in may 
and uh, obviously I went home for three weeks. Uh, was working out probably about like seven times a week, lifting, uh, throwing six days a week, and then doing some sort of agility like four or five days a week. So it was it was a lot, um, but I made sure I was eating right. I was sleeping good. Um, I don't really have a lot of friends that are still at home, so. I wasn't hanging out with too many guys. And so I really literally for three weeks got to focus on myself as much as I wanted to. And it was exactly what I wanted. Um, I think, you know, I had to let out a lot of frustration that I was feeling towards uh, my body and my abilities just to like almost like prove it to myself that I could still work that hard and like be able to handle it. And so May was a really good month for me. I got back in June and everything's been going really well we're doing you know our morning workouts throwing uh you know they allow us to have a football now in the summer so that's been really cool and so we've been doing seven on seven uh, working with our position coaches doing conditioning with footballs and uh that's been a really unique element to this summer that i've really enjoyed and it's been it's been great so far yeah what's a typical week gonna look for you like say in the next month so Monday is usually our kind of like break off conditioning day. So we'll have, uh, you know, just to get the weekend out of, out of all of our systems, you know, coach Horgan likes to you know, have a good laugh sometimes. So he, um, he'll usually break us off on Mondays. It'll be an hour long workout, hour 15, um, where we do some pretty heavy conditioning and then have like an upper body lift. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays are the days that we go out with the team go and do seven on seven position work, but it's also supposed to be a level of conditioning there. So the first 20 minutes of practice is all like conditioning with football. So you're just doing like drills after drills after drills, trying to move fast, running in between stations. Um, and then the second half of practice is when we break off and do seven on seven and unit and different things like that. And uh, that starts at six o'clock. And then I have a hour break after that from seven to eight. And then I have another lift at eight fifteen. And so Tuesdays and Thursdays, well, Tuesdays is leg day. So we'll do legs on uh, Tuesdays, recovery on Wednesday, Thursday, same sort of deal, 6 a.m. conditioning and team, um, 8 o'clock uh, lift, we'll get back to upper body. And then Friday is uh, kind of like our, our little send off for the weekend. It's another break off. And uh, the Friday workouts are an hour and 45 minutes. Those typically include like running the stadium doing some level of heavy squats. We'll do like a leg circuit. Uh, we'll start doing conditioning up in the indoor or we'll hit the sand pit and start doing workouts in the sand at the volleyball court across the field. So it's, uh, it's been pretty good, but we're, uh, we're also getting to meet with our coaches too, uh, watching the film of these practices, um, breaking it down, you know, like literally like it's spring. And uh, it's, been, it's been really cool. I'd, I'd say like as a player, I guess maybe before they were worried about players having too much loaded onto them if, like, footballs were involved. But the way I see it, having, like, football in my hand and, like, being able to go out there and actually play with a football and, like, getting coached up, like, that has made my summer ten times more enjoyable than it had been the last two years. And so I've really enjoyed my time so far this summer. I really enjoyed the way that I'm working. Um, and I think – Everyone has. Everyone's really had a blast so far. Now, where are you academically? Are you technically a junior yet? Yep. So I, I couldn't tell you exactly how many hours I have, but I know I'm, I'm academically a junior. Gotcha. Okay. 
You ready to take some questions from the fans? We got mailbag questions. We have we have lots of mailbag. <laughs> you know better. Uh, <laughs> when have we not had mailbag questions as long as you and I have done this? <laughs> All right. right. Our mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland and Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, call Taylor or Russell, that number 615-846-6200, see what your rights are and if they can help. And Arbordor says, given the staff and system turnover the past several years, do you and your offensive teammates feel you have a better command of the offense this year? And if so, how big of an impact do you expect that continuity to have on performance? Yeah, I think having the same offensive plan, language, everything that we've gotten to carry over from the last season has been absolutely huge into progressing, uh, at least on the offensive side of the ball, uh, getting that chemistry that we have uh, even stronger than I feel like it was than last year. So, like, you know, we already talked about how we're able to, like, go out there and play some of seven with football and stuff. For the older guys that have, you know, been through it, like, we're, like, running, like, mid-season plays. Like, we're we're far past, like, install mm. one. And typically, had, had we not been able to do this, like, we wouldn't even be installing, really, at this point. It would be like, all right, here's the plays. Look at it at your own discretion. We'll have some sort of off-season study going. But now it's, like, you got to like, we're running these plays. Like everyone's got to know them. And it's been absolutely huge. And I think the coaches have been really smart about how they've been introducing the uh, level of information to the new players and also kind of refreshing some of the older guys who may have forgotten over the past couple months or I guess five or six months now. So it's a, uh, it's made a huge difference. And it, I mean, there's almost like no, uh, level to compare to from a year ago because we w- literally weren't even allowed to have a football in our hands a year ago. So it's it's been awesome, and uh, I'm really excited to see where this takes us in the fall camp. Vandy guy 20 asks, asks, excuse me, which new Vanderbilt player should fans get excited about? Oh, wow. There is – I already said there's 30 of them. There is a lot. Um, I think – Man, I, I really like all of our young guys. I think a lot of them have a, a lot of potential, and uh, they're all developing. I think Jaden McGowan on offense has been really explosive for us. Uh, I really like him as a slot. You know, him, Devin Body have been kind of holding that uh, slot position down, uh, just them two, and I'm really excited to see those guys. As far as uh, other skill guys on the offensive side, I'm not too sure. I know we got a good amount of dudes on defense that I'm not with them whenever we're doing football yet because they're, you know, down on the other end of the field kind of going over more base install stuff. But there's a, there's been a couple guys that I've heard of that are uh, playing pretty well. And so I honestly don't know too much about the level of talent we have. We just got to get these guys going. And uh, I'm excited about this class. I think we got a lot of good talent. Yeah, Jaden McGowan is the guy that I would have asked you about if you had not named a name. <laughs> yeah he's uh I, i've already seen people talking about him he's he's a great character too he's he's funny he's probably one of the nicest guys if not the nicest guy on the team he's kind of silly goofy in his own way he's a he's a really good dude i'm really excited for him to uh get out on the field i would love to go out there and start throwing to him you know in games and uh see his face light up after touch anyways 
he's uh I think he's gonna do pretty well for himself and I'm excited for fans to kind of get on the Jaden McGowan boat. Bobby two times wants to know the biggest jump you have made from year two to three. Um that's a great question. I think I think we talk a lot about on this podcast, at least that we have in the past, about what I need to work on, um, what I'm trying to fix. Um, and obviously, I think it's a constant journey of trying to get better and constantly improving yourself. Um, there's been a lot of things that have like attacked me mentally, um, outside and internally, that uh, I feel like I've really had to face and have made me a lot stronger. Um, and I think that just comes with like realizing the nature of college football. Um, you know, as a freshman, when you play decent and you get a lot of people talking good about you, and then you get out there as a sophomore and everything kind of shifts, you, um, you know, you really have to like be confident in who you are, uh, your work ethic, um, everything that you've done up to this point. And um, so I honestly wouldn't say anything physical that has improved the most. I'd say, like, um, my mentality, um, my attitude towards everything. Um, I kind of see things in a different perspective now and try and block out as much as I can and only take in what is absolutely necessary for me. Um, and I've, I've seen, I feel like I've seen a difference in my game, at least in these past couple of weeks now that you know, play into what is my full health, uh, a difference in the way that I'm playing. Uh, it's more confident. It's more fluid. Um, and I just want the, the opportunity to prove that out there. So, This next one, I think we covered earlier uh, in a roundabout way, but I'll ask it again a little more directly because I think it's worth asking. Go Doors 94 says, has the attitude and work ethic of the team changed going into season two with the new staff, especially given all the roster turnover? Attitude, yes. I think the attitude is not completely different. I think we've had a good attitude, but I think guys are a little bit more bought in at this point. Work ethic, I feel like even last year, even through everything that we had to go through, I still feel like our work ethic was good. But I do think now we kind of like understand that doing extra work, like going out and staying on the field after workout, throwing, doing extra conditioning, speed and agility, stuff like that, like extra isn't really like extra. It's kind of like expected of you. And it's it's been really encouraging. Like you can walk through the building almost at any time of the day and see guys out in the field or see guys walking around in the hallways like just being around like the facility, being around like a family. And I think that has kind of taken the next step, but I don't know. You, you can't say that last year's work ethic wasn't there because I still feel like the guys last year worked their tails off. And especially that senior class, the guys that, you know, have left, whether on their own terms or onto bigger things. Um, I think those guys, wanted it just as bad as we want it now but on a whole program's perspective we understand like really what it's going to take for us to be successful here this season of the vandy sports podcast has been made possible by my friend dr jody jones dds 
When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. Just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville, but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. What people love about Jody's office is the ambiance. It's relaxing. It's friendly. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. Whether your needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody today. Call him 615-270-2322. See him at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown or the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player and a huge Commodore booster, so go and talk Vandy sports with him while you're there. Go see Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of this podcast because without it, this season would not be possible. I was, again, at the practice or the the workouts on Thursday, and I, I was listening to Clark Lee address you guys after practice, and I won't go into what he talked about, but there were definitely some detailed things he was trying to, to get you guys to understand, some things that he saw up there. They were unacceptable, even even on good plays, I think, at times. I think that's a constant message for him is just the, the little details and the, the little things that relate to discipline and, and effort and things like that. And he does it in a way – like he, he at no point did he really raise his voice, um, but he certainly, I, I could tell, had three or four specific things that, that he had picked up on that he wanted to address with the team – haven't seen you guys out there a lot at a lot of practices. I, I think that just is, is almost a, a never-ending point of emphasis with him. <laughs> it's just those things that, you know, that maybe you take for granted, but he says, no, we, we're going to do things a different way when we do that again. Yeah, he, he is all about breaking everything down. He is, I know we've talked about before, he is extremely analytical, um, a really smart guy and he sees everything nothing gets by him and so it's uh like you said even on good place he'll he'll find something like if we didn't you know show effort getting back to the football or if the whole team didn't go and chase the football or if we gave up at the end of a play and we would have been tackled there's there's little things that he calls it playing Vanderbilt football and that's kind of the identity that we've bought into and there's a certain style of play that you're going to see on Saturdays whenever we, Vanderbilt, go out onto the field and start to play our game. And it should be recognizably, uniquely us. Like, there's there's no one that plays with a level of intensity, with the care for each other, with the passion that we're playing. And I think that message has really gotten through to a lot of guys. And those those talks like that he gave it to us at the end of that practice – I think that kind of reinforces that identity that we're trying to build. Yeah, the thing that he has shared with us is he wants you defensively to be a team that really gets after it and chases the football. And yeah. I, I've been with him when he's shown us film and he, he's shown plays that he was really proud of where you had eight or nine guys in a pile at the end. I know a lot of what you guys are trying to do, and again, this doesn't necessarily apply to, to you, because you're on the offensive side of the ball, is make people not look forward to playing you. In other words, when we play Vanderbilt, you're going to feel it afterwards because we're going to get after you. Right. Yeah, and I think, you know, the thing about the offensive side of the ball is, like, 
when I say chase after the football, that that really isn't like I'm not just talking about the defense. Like we we're teaching our guys on offense, like receivers, running backs, tight ends, linemen. When the ball gets down the field, it is your responsibility to run down there and make the touchdown scoring block. And even in the spring, so many times, like it would be an RPO. We would we would throw like a quick access slant hitch, whatever. The running back bursts through the hole, like without ever like breaking stride, slowing down or stopping, goes immediately to the safety, pins the safety, and then the little slant or hitch or whatever it was breaks inside and cuts back out. And the one guy that would have tackled on the safety is being blocked by the running back who didn't get the ball. It's those little things like that. You'll never notice it unless you're looking for it. But it's absolutely game changing when you look at the film and you see like how we were playing a year ago or maybe two years ago and what is being asked and how we're supposed to play now. And I, for one, am very excited to see that come up on Saturdays. This one from Believe, he's asking a question about the culture and wants to know if there's anything that was used from losing to ETSU or, or frankly, for that matter, any other game that, that were used specifically um, by, by the coaching staff to, to send the message of what they want to see you guys do differently in terms of culture and habits. Is that uh, Believe spelled with a L-E-A? That That's him, yes. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Believe. It's kind of like a uh, – what's that soccer show on uh, Apple TV? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I believe I've gone blank. <laughs> Anyways, um, shoot. You know, I, I hate uh, going back and thinking about this game. Um, especially this one. There was a couple really uh, tough ones to, um, to handle last year. But this game, you know, I think the lesson that – we took away from that game is don't underestimate anybody. And, you know, you can say that we went to the game and we're expecting to win. Um, We weren't ready for them to fight back. We thought we were just going to walk in. They were going to lay down and we were going to walk away with a win. And obviously it didn't happen like that at all. And we thought, the amount of work that we'd gone through, the lessons and teachings that Coach Lee had taught us, we thought that that was just going to carry us through the game. But you still got to play the game, and you still got to come out there with the right attitude and mindset that you're going to impose your will on somebody. And so I think the lessons that specifically that game taught us, you know, to not underestimate anybody is – not going to be something that the guys from that team are going to forget soon because I can't remember a time in my life that I've ever been that sick to my stomach over something and quite literally like embarrassed. Um, and it, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a hard memory to talk about. It's frustrating. It, it's enraging. Um, I never want to feel that, that again. And I think everyone that, was on that team can share that sentiment. Okay, a couple of X's and O's and scheme type questions here. VA72 asks, I think most people recognize the necessity of being able to run the football. This becomes apparent in short yardage situations 
when trying to run the clock out late in the game when you have a lead, is there any truth to the notion that you need to pass the ball more if you're having trouble running the ball? Oh. Um, well, I mean, if you're having trouble running the ball, as in if you got to get a first down to, you know, effectively end the game because you are you got a lead, I think there's certain things you can do before you just straight drop back pass and start going concepts. You can start incorporating, like, a triple option with a pass. So, like, sometimes what we'll do uh, is we'll do read the tight end and then we'll have, like, a little arrow route or something going in the flat and we're reading the overhang linebacker. And it's an option off of him. If he runs with the guy, then the quarterback runs it. If he sits, stays and sits there, we got two receivers on the edge blocking for him. And you just dump it out there like a pass. So there's other quick game things you can do before you just straight up, you know, stop, drop back and air it out. Um, but I do think, like, if the defense is overloading the box, like they're committing a safety or some an extra guy down there to uh, play the run, uh, that opens you up to a lot of quick game, RPO, different stuff like that. Um, I mean, obviously that's depending on situation. If it's, you know, third and one, what we say is like, we're going to get that every time. So that third and one is going to be a hundred percent for us, no matter if they put 11 in the box. So it's, um, it's, it's kind of an attitude, uh, kind of the personality identity of your offense, who you want to be. Um, it also appeals to the type of bodies that you got. If you got a, a heavy running back or a big line, or like we talked about been running the ball well or not. So it's, uh, there's, there's a reason why I'm not the offensive coordinator. I'm not the one calling plays. Uh, there's people that make uh, a lot more money than I do doing that. So I'm, uh, I'm leaving it up to them. I'll execute as best I can. But at, at least from a quarterback's perspective, those are my thoughts. I'll, I'll never be mad throwing the ball. If the coach puts the ball in my hand, like I have no doubt that I can do what I need to do to get it the first down, especially if we're trying to end the game. So it's about being smart, really, not forcing passes. Um, It'd be interesting to see, like, do you want to take a sack depending on the play clock? Like, is it better to take a sack or run up for, like, a negative one or two-yard loss rather than throwing it away, stopping the clock? So those are interesting situational things you could talk about. Next one from VA72, does the defense's alignment in the box um, influence whether you'll run or pass? For example, are you going to emphasize the run against a five-man box what do you emphasize the pass against a seven-man box? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if we really look at it like that. I think it's more matchup-based because really whenever you think about it, no matter where they have five or seven, like typically they always are going to have one guy for every gap. Every defense is, for the most part, like pretty like gap-oriented. And whether they're closer or farther is going to dictate whether you, you know, have different types of passes open or not. So, like, if they do have seven guys in the box, then they probably don't have very much over-the-top help with safeties because they got to bring them down into the box. they got to bring somebody. So they're not going to be, you know, sitting, you know, far off or playing some sort of zone coverage. They're probably going to be down playing man. And so a lot of times you have, like, pick or we call them, like, influence routes. Uh, that you can run. You got one-on-one matchups on the outside. You can go quick game, uh, get the ball out fast like that. Um, so I would say, like, we uh, one thing a team always has to plan for is, like, cover zero. What are you going to do whenever you get cover zero? Because no matter what, you're going to have one more body that you can't block. 
So someone's going to be free. So if you see cover zero, what's your game plan? And for us, we have a couple different ones. It could be running speed option away from the extra player. It could be sliding the lines protection, making a full gap slide, putting the running back off the edge, pick up anything else that shows, and throw into a one-on-one matchup where we could check to some sort of man concept. Like, typically, you'll have, like, a slant and, like, a rub out. We could go, like, a slant and a rub wheel. Uh, double slants if you got outside leverage at the slot, which is pretty typical in uh, cover zero. So there's a couple different things you can do, but I think, obviously, like, you always want to play to the numbers, the leverage, and the field. Those are the kind of three things you look for as a coordinator when you're calling plays is where where do I have numbers? Like, where's, where's obviously, our strength? Um, where's the leverage of the defense? You know, are they leveraging our receivers inside, head up, outside? Are they playing soft? Uh, and then where's the field? Where do we have the most space? Like, if you just look out in the field, don't even try and, you know, decipher what coverage it is. Where is the space on the field? So those are kind of the three things you're looking for. Okay. Go Doors 94 says, without going into specifics, will fans notice much of a change in schemes or offensive philosophy following the coordinator change? Uh, Well, I mean, probably not. I mean, the coordinator change really happened before last season. And so, uh, we really, I think, arguably got to do uh, what Coach uh, Lynch wanted to do uh, schematically. Um, it just wasn't as um, fluid of a transition as I think he would have liked. So there's um, there's certain things that could have gone better uh, regarding that whole situation, obviously. But, you know, an offense always tries to play to its strengths, its players, like, um, you know, you can't run, you know, spread, you know, air raid offense if you don't got, you know, a quarterback that can throw at big receivers and a line that can protect, you know. So there's certain aspects that we try and look for. I think there's a couple different wrinkles that we've been practicing. Um, it, it, it'll be a little different, and uh, but we're still going to be doing what works for us, uh, what can move the chain. So it's, um, at least for me, a fun offense to play in. Okay, let's see. VU Perry wants to know the advantages and disadvantages of running a two tight end set. Okay, so arguably, I would say our so we call it twelve personnel, one running back, two tight ends. I, I guess you could say you got twenty two personnel with two backs, but we don't really run that unless it's like very short yardage. Um, so at least in our twelve personnel versus eleven personnel, we have some pretty like athletic tight ends they they can block well they run routes and catch the football well in Bresnahan and uh, Schoenwald and a lot of times like as a defense that's hard to match up because if you are going against a team that's in 12 personnel you're typically not gonna play a nickel defense pretty much a nickel defense is they got five safeties or five uh, defensive backs out there so typically the Sam linebacker will be some sort of hybrid uh, box player, which is like a run support player, like linebacker versus a safety type. And he's usually quicker. But whenever you get in the 12 personnel and you're in a huddle, you don't know if they're about to run like, you know, seven-man front on the line and put both tight ends on each side. Or we could go like three-by-one, two-by-two, spread it out. And then you create problems because 
if you think about, you know, playing a, a heavier personnel on defense, you have to have a true Sam linebacker, like a big body guy out there in case they do decide to put everyone in tight and then run the ball. And then you're just going to give up yards right down the middle, you know, in the run game. So it, it, it's hard to play 12 personnel. If you got guys that can spread out, get away from the ball and you create mismatches in, uh, in the offense and the defense. And so I think that's going to be an advantage for us because the the types of players that we have at tight end, um, also because I think you know they both play smart. Uh, they're obviously in their second year of the offense, so they understand uh, what we're trying to get done on a lot of plays. Um, Eleven personnel—that's whenever you see defenses typically play nickel or dime, um, five or six uh, defensive backs, and you know that's whenever you start getting into a little bit more concepts and. You have, you know, one tight end instead of two. So you have like a true slot, like we talked about, like whether it be Jade McGowan or Devin Body. Um, you can do a little bit more in those concepts with guys that are faster. Uh, it helps the chemistry of plays, the timing of uh, certain reads. Um, so it, it, there's advantages and disadvantages in both, depending on how we match up with really that uh, the Sam linebacker says a lot about uh, what, what we want to play and also really it's it's a lot more than just like one player um what type of front do they play uh what kind of a secondary is it an aggressive secondary are they typically playing quarters or cover three or like Ole Miss you you know can't even put a name on the type of defense they play because it's so weird um there's there's a lot of different things and so but anyways uh did that answer it I don't even know yeah I, I think it does okay. um Last one, this is from me, and I know we've talked about this before, but a few months have gone by, and and I think I wonder if your answer will be different. How much more have you guys gotten a glimpse of what the facilities are going to look like, and, and what kind of stuff are you guys seeing? Yeah, I think um, – I don't, I don't really remember what I said a month ago. I think that was probably whenever the renderings first came out. Um, and honestly, like – I don't know if we've seen too much. Uh, I think it was announced the other day, so I'm, I'm good to say this. The um, the new uh, field that we're getting. And yeah. I think, uh, yeah, everyone like jumped for joy when they saw that because, uh, you know, I, regardless of what people think about its appearance or the V or whatever, the anchor downs, you know, I think that's like we, we needed just the turf, the new turf. I don't know how old the turf field is now, but at least being out there, it's, it's kind of like, you know, walking on like brittle grass. It's just, it's not comfortable to get tackled on. It's very, you know, sharp and <laughs> not, not soft. And so I think like as players, like we put the, put whatever V you want out there. Like we're playing for Vanderbilt and we're going to go out there on whatever field you got, whether it's green, blue, or red, like we're going to play football. And the fact that, you know, we're getting a new field, um, I think we're all pumped for it. And other than that, really, um, I, I haven't heard too much. I, I know the indoor is going to be kind of where the turf field is now. Um, I don't know what is going to happen to McGugan, where we're going to be staying, like, any of that so hopefully you know i would love to see it happen soon because i would i would love to at least be here while it's while it's done and i can enjoy it so we'll see hey ken appreciate your time today um 
I can't remember if you give out your social media accounts or anything like that or have any parting thoughts, but the floor is yours for any of those things here. Man, good to be back on. All right, love talking football. And a lot more uh, X and O's question, I feel like, than I've gotten before. So I enjoyed that, but uh, no, that's all I got. All right, Kim, appreciate you joining us, and we'll, we'll try to do this again in a time or two before fall camp. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, VandySports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And, of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VandySports.com. Follow me at ChrisLee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.